Welcome, man. Welcome to the show, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio. We have the one and only coming straight out of Yonkers, New York, who is by the name of Iman Nunez, one of the nicest MCs in the game, East Coast, West Coast, all the way around, mainly East Coast because he's <laughs> from the East Coast. You already know what it is. Iman Nunez, what is going on, man? How's the night hey, going? Everything is good, man. Just been a busy day. Just been shooting some stuff with some brands and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's been eventful, but I'm happy to be here for real. You still got that distribution, especially like that sponsorship with Swisher Sweets? Uh, no, nah, not no, no more. Um, I was a part of the Artist Project uh from 2018 to 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I think they stopped doing the Artist Project for now, so it was it was definitely a great thing. I still got great relationships with them and stuff like that. But yeah, you just recently released for your newest single, Northeast. How are you feeling about that? Because that's a great Man. representation of your <laughs> not only your artistry but East yeah. Coast hip hop. Not for sure. So, um, yeah, it's been an amazing thing, man. I'm happy I got to get my, my sis, DJ Steph Cakes, on the record. Uh, Mike Cuz produced it. Uh, Rondon produced the second half. And, man, I'm, I'm just so happy with how it turned out. We did a very great video in my in my eyes, and it's been getting a great reception so far. So, yeah. This this is something that you always wanted for your journey is to be a rapper. You're speaking it into an existence since like the age of 13, 17, you started taking it seriously. People always say taking it seriously when it comes to their careers. What is your mm-hmm. definition of taking something seriously as far as careers go and you can relate it to your own? Um, To me, it's more about if you waking up every day, if you going to sleep every day, thinking about this one thing and you just working at it tirelessly and just making sure that you want it that bad. That's that's my definition of taking it seriously. I think everybody, you know, once you once you unlock that part, is like, oh, like this is my life. So yeah, that's I think that's my best definition. Yeah, and I could you could definitely tell that just from your skill set that you have going on here, and all the people that embrace you so far on this journey, and all the open and acts that you've been on stage that. with, which we're gonna get into later on here. But you were taking mm-hmm. piano lessons like when you were twelve. I heard with your yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were um, taking piano lessons back at the time. We hated piano at that time, though. <laughs> <laughs> I see and, a piano in the background, though. Yeah, that's actually my brother, which is funny. He stopped playing. We both stopped playing at the same time, but then he just picked it up again. And, like, I wish I would have – I guess it was the teacher or something. And there was nothing against her. It was just, you know, you're a child and you just, you know, you don't think the same. But um, I wish I would have just stick with it. And I was actually very good at it at the time, but it's just a, it's a lost talent now. Yeah. How big of a hit was it for you being from Yonkers and growing up there when you lost DMX? Because he's one of the greatest of all time. That's a heavy Man, hit. Crazy enough. So I actually haven't said this story many times, but I was actually supposed to have DMX on one of my songs on my last project wow. titled Everything is Everything. And I just wanted him to do a prayer on it. So I had one of my one of my boys, um, he was very cool with the, the guys at Rough Riders and stuff. So he asked him to do it and he agreed to it. But the only thing was that he uh, he was on tour. So we couldn't, you know, the timing was off. But I've, I've seen him like two times around. It was definitely affected Yonkers for sure. It was it was a weird energy, but it was just like everybody understood how beautiful of a human being he was. And I wish I could have had conversations with him or wish like you know we could have actually got some work done together that definitely would have been legendary 
Exodus was the last album. I know he's got some more work on the way, especially some things in the stash, according to Swiss yeah. Beats. Do you think that DMX potentially saw something like that he knew eventually his life was going to come to an end based off that last album title? Because it's kind of foretelling. Honestly, um, I have no idea. I did watch an interview, though, that Swiss was saying that this was actually supposed to be, uh, this wasn't the, the title that he was going to go with originally. It was supposed to be... Uh, I think it was a sequel to one of his albums. I forgot which one it was, though, so I don't want to misspeak or anything, yeah. but I definitely remember that they changed the title after. So, yeah. Yeah, no, rest in peace to DMX, but you have some more Yonkers legends supporting you, Jada yes, Kiss, the whole locks. You've been able to share the stage with them. Tell me the first time yeah. that you were able to meet up with those guys, and you only got Sheik Luch and Styles P, yeah. but you wanted Jada Kiss and Roberto Cavalli. Okay, so... Um, so I'll break that down. Uh, we'll we'll start with Roberto Cavalli actually yeah. first. So, um, Kiss actually got mad at me that I didn't put him over Roberto Cavalli. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I I my vision was um to have Sheik and Styles on it. They were the ones that immediately were would tell me all the time like, "Yo, we you know do something together," um, because I would be at D Block with with Ronda and my producer. We would be at D Block every day for four years, and. Yes, back when D Block was still there, they changed studios now in Yonkers. But um, we'd be there every single day, and it got to the point I never asked for anything. I never, you know, I never really uh tried to overstep anything. I was just always the hard worker, just constantly just putting rhymes together for beats that I knew I couldn't be on, <laughs> and just making sure that I was just prepared if any opportunity were to come. So, uh, kiss, uh. Kiss found out he was kind of like the third one to really see like, yo, he's he's something type of thing. And, you know, we definitely going to do something in the future soon. But that's that those are my brothers, man. I, I was blessed enough to just actually uh, open up for them at uh, Irvin Plaza uh, Thursday. So it was a sold out show and it was it was celebrating Styles P's uh, Good Times record, the 20th anniversary. So we we had a great time, and that was my first time doing Urban Plaza ever. So that was that was great for me. Yeah, that's a landmark. But I think the the first thing that you always really wanted to accomplish was selling out SOBs as a headliner yeah. because you were able to do that. Congratulations to you on that. Williamsburg at the Knitting Factory. That was another yes, place that you sold out. Yeah. What's next on the list for you to sell out? Honestly, man, I'm I really 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 want to do because uh, I have like a list. Uh, that we would talk about with my team and we just want to keep going up. So we were like, where's the next venue that's like the next, like right over that? So um, I don't know what it's going to be, but I always wanted to do Gramercy Theater and I always wanted to do Urban Plaza. Luckily enough, I performed in front of a sold out crowd, but I want to sell it out myself and be able to just do a crazy show. And I think the time is coming very soon, but we're going to see... we're, we're in talks right now to see where it's going to be the next venue that we do because I haven't done a, you know, a very big show in a while of my own due to COVID and all that stuff. So yeah. I'm excited to see where it's going to be for sure. How have you been creatively during this time? Man, um, pandemic. You know, I had to, I had to, it hit me at first, you know, it, w- it was difficult because I'm somebody who likes to, you know, experience life and just be around people and just figure things out. But I had to, you know, understand the different way of just solitude and just really understanding that you know get the find inspiration in other things within you know with the space that you have 
And that was very important for me. So I found different ways to be creative. I started something like quarantine flows. And then we dropped two packs throughout the, uh, throughout the pandemic. We uh, ended up re rebranding quarantine flows and calling it phases and just like doing that whole thing. And, you know, that it was just those were fun ways for me to just keep going and write all these different things. And I was able to work on some songs for the next uh, body of work that I'm going to try phases are do you plan on releasing a volume two to this because i know it gained some great traction absolutely absolutely um i think it's gonna be dope once this whole once i'm done with this whole rosedale campaign um i'm definitely gonna be uh cooking up a phases volume two it's it was fun i i enjoyed i enjoyed doing that it's just it's a it's kind of like sharpening your sword too because you got to just be consistent make sure you get the content for it make sure you're doing all this stuff and it was fun, so we definitely gonna do it. Um, I just don't know when, but as for sure, one hundred percent. I want to start challenging my guests when they come on my shows because I know most interviewers they only ask, "Oh, what's your top five? I want to know what your top five is as an MC in this game, excluding Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, and Tupac. What are the top five MCs in your list without J. those Cole, guys? J Cole, uh, Kid Cudi. Mm. This is no order. I'm just saying names. Uh, Kanye West, Drake, and Kendrick. Tough. So I thought that's the Hove is like the goat to me. So like, um, but also it's difficult because the locks. I would also put the locks in there as well. I don't even say Jada K Styles. I just say the locks. The locks in That's group. one. Yeah, that's one <laughs> right there. So it's like you know. It's difficult, but um, yeah, I don't know. It changes all the time, but if I could throw, I'll be switching things around all the time. So yeah, but yeah, that's a difficult one. You you've opened up for a plenty of superstars in the game already. You mentioned uh-huh. before Twenty One Savage. You just opened it for the Locks. We mentioned for Machine Gun sure. Kelly. I was reading online Twenty One yeah. Savage. What was the first major one that you opened for that you can remember? The first major one that I could remember was actually might be 21 savage mm. 21 savage i did i did a show with 21 savage in danbury connecticut in a place called tuxedo junction and i remember that day because we, we it was like a thousand five hundred people in there and we were just like we were on a high it was just like i still have the footage and everything everybody was just going insane and that was like the greatest feeling ever and then with those same people we partnered up with, we were supposed to actually do a festival with Lil Wayne and Logic. And the festival ended up getting a tornado warning. So it didn't so happen. It didn't happen. And that was something that, because Lil Wayne is one of my favorite rappers like ever. You see another one that I would have put in the list, but you just, you got me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, like that would have been something insane for me, man. We, we were going to do something special over there. It was definitely in Jersey. And then um, I've been able to do shows with many people, um, Casanova, uh, Chinese Kitty, uh, PNB Rock. It's, it, it's just a whole bunch of people. But I think the moment that it really just changed was when I was able to do my own headliner shows. And that was that was like the most special moment to me because it was like, these people are here for you now. You don't got to win them over. They're here for you. So that's the greatest part about it. Exactly. When when going to these shows and opening from these acts, who was someone we already know the locks are receptive yeah. to you. 
Was there any other artists that came out or especially when you were backstage and they spoke to you like, man, you really got this? Um, I would say actually Machine Gun Kelly and Designer. Those two. Yeah, because I opened up for Machine Gun Kelly twice. Uh, the first time was in Philadelphia with Swisher Sweets, and then I ended up doing it again in, in New Orleans uh, with Swisher Sweets as well. And um, Machine Gun Kelly was cool as hell, man. I don't know. He was just very, very open. And he even invited us to go to the bar and stuff like that. I'm not a drinker, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I went just to go vibe and stuff like that. They were cool people. I doubt he would remember me, but you know, I have that point of reference to just kind of have that there with it. Because from Philly to New Orleans, it was definitely a a good amount of months in between. So once I brought it up, he was like, "Oh, yo, you're this dude," and yeah, and designer thought that I was really dope as well. Um, they were they were very cool people and yeah i think those are the two moments i remember the locks i don't really count just because they're kind of like family at this point so it's like that's like the big bros so like when i just did this show with them kiss and she came later in the day so when i finally saw them kiss is like what you just you were on stage they finally let you do that now like that type of thing so it was just like exciting and they were very happy for me that i was able to do that and Styles was very, uh, very excited. He's like, "Damn, Iman just ripped the stage. I'm trying to go rip the stage right now, type of thing." But he wasn't allowed to go yet. So yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, we got to get into to be continued because DJ Enough was supporting yes. you, and I heard yes. that you were signing like his label. No, I wasn't actually. Um, so what happened was how we built that relationship was my Rondon. Uh, my my producer. I could tell this story now just because it's years before, but the way that that happened, he snuck into High ninety seven and ended up meeting DJ enough through there. He would just finesse his way. I'm not gonna say how because it's very yo. People think that stuff is easy and it's nowhere near easy. But um, he made it happen, man. He, he's he's crazy, but. Even now with COVID, it's even harder to get into a building now. So, but um, yeah, so enough knew we he wasn't supposed to be there, but he played in my music and he was like, you know what, let's do it. We handle some business and then we made sure that we got it done. Then ever since then, that was actually my foot in the door to the industry um, off of that because it was like, who is this kid? But not only who is this kid, how did he get DJ enough to do this like now? And, you know, forever from there on you know that's my dog man like i seen him recently and i was just so happy to see him he was like like he, he's the one who gave me my first opportunity so like it's always going to be an appreciation for that man and you know he didn't have to do that at the time so i will always be appreciative and grateful for that like for real for real and that's a cosign that you go to take everywhere with you for the rest of your life because oh 100 you know, the people that he's been with being biggie's tour dj back in the day i mean yeah man. he's legendary in his own right the heavy hitters crew all that for sure so i'll be around some heavy headed djs and stuff like that and i'll just be like you know enough was the first person who, he was the person who gave me my shot and exactly. like he hosted my first mixtape so that was that's definitely special and I'm, I'm i'm blessed that i'm able to say that you feel me like I know a lot of people don't get those type of things. So it's like, I'm grateful that, that I, I can, I can use that. How's the 
remaking and revitalizing your own revision to Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreaks. I know that's your, like your favorite album of all time, your favorite project. <laughs> yeah, man, that is, that is, you have a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you for that. Um, yeah, so 808s and Heartbreaks is definitely my favorite album of all time. That is not Kanye's best album, though. His best album is the Late Registration. Uh, late Registration, my bad. Um, but my personal favorite is 808s and Heartbreaks. It took me to a specific time, and I always wanted to just make my own thing to it. And you know what? This year, I've actually been able to use my voice more than ever in ways that I didn't know I can use them. Like, the next two records I have coming out, um, it has a uh, is very different from what I usually do. One of the records is an R and B record, actually, and I'm super excited to just kind of give it out to people. But soon, God willing, in a couple years, I'll be able to just do it the way that I envision it in my head of like making my own masterpiece like that. But yeah, for sure, man. Like that's that's something that's gonna happen. <laughs> If you weren't a rapper, I heard that you would want to be potentially a movie reviewer because you're always watching movies, something on the yeah. Food Network. Those yeah. are two main things that I've heard about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I watch an unhealthy amount of movies, like an unhealthy amount of movies. I'm talking about like I found out recently that the average person goes to the movies maybe five times a year. I've already been like 40. So, Wait, like, this year alone? So you yeah. still go to the movie? No, congratulations yeah. to you on that because I'm a purist when it comes to film, so I still yeah. appreciate the movies. Yeah. I don't like the signs that how the movies have been going, especially when you look at all these streaming platforms. Yeah, Paramount Plus, Peacock. I don't like how they're putting the movies on much. there because it's yeah. killing the movie industry. And I agree, people aren't going to be. It's just like music, how it's hitting streaming services constantly, mm -hmm. and CDs have gone away. I really don't appreciate yeah. that, but it's like. It's like uh, I, I'm somebody who really, really enjoys the movie going experience. I love that there's people there. I love that people get rowdy when certain things happen and all that type of stuff. You know, there's not a lot more people there at this time. But, you know, I still that's like my happy place. I guess every time people just need some time to themselves, that's like a place that I like to be at. And luckily enough, I do write reviews. I write reviews for every single movie um, that is on this uh, app called Letterboxd. And, you know, I've been able to just constantly put things out. Sometimes I'll put it on my story and stuff for people to see because everybody loves getting my opinions on movies, I guess. <laughs> but definitely if I wasn't rapping, I would be doing three different things. Well, two different things. And a sports <laughs> analyst. Uh, three. I wouldn't even be a sports analyst anymore. I would just want to coach something or something like that. I would, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a crazy Knicks fan. So I would try to do something working with the Knicks. And... um. I would either be something with movies, Knicks, or I think I'll be like an A&R or something in the music industry. Mm. That those those prop like those things, and um, those have just always been my passions. I guess I, I've I've wanted to be a rapper since I was in kindergarten. So like, <laughs> the fact that I'm finally doing it is just it's just great. Honestly, it stinks, isn't it? Being a Knicks fan, I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> it, honestly, man, you know, I'm happy with how, the route that is going in right now. I'm seeing that there's not a lot of same dumb decisions that we would constantly do, even though Leon Rose doesn't speak much at I all. I think he fumbles the draft constantly. Uh, I would have picked Tyrese Halliburton instead of Obi Toppin just because of the fit. I do like Obi Toppin, though. I think he's dope. Um, I do like the signing of Jalen Brunson. I think he's a solid point guard. 
I'm waiting to see what's about to happen with this Donovan Mitchell thing, but I hope we don't trade RJ Barrett because I'm a fan. And we're gonna we're just gonna have to wait and see. I agree. Donovan Mitchell, this guy, we have to remember he's a great player, but he's not yeah. LeBron James at the end of the day. I don't, I don't think so either. That's when, why we, I, when, when I'm seeing seven first round draft picks and yeah. RJ and and topping it quickly. Yeah. See nah. you later. I'm, I'm not, leaving the I'm deal. Not doing that. I'm, yeah. The most I'm doing is three unprotected and two two protected picks and i'm giving you uh fournier i like fournier too but i'm giving you fournier because of the money and i'll probably give you cam reddish and deuce mcbride mm-hmm. i'm not gonna give you if it's gonna suck not seeing donovan mitchell in a knicks jersey if that happened like if it doesn't happen but you're not about to be that team to give up what you got to give up for KD for Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. And you know that if it was any other team besides the Knicks, they would fleece the Jazz and they'd get them for less. Oh, 100%. But you know that, that, that that's the thing with Danny Ainge. You feel me? He's known for doing like those type of trades. I remember that trade that he did with the Celtics and the Nets when he sent Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett being 35 plus, no, 36 plus. <laughs> You got three unprotected, uh, three unprotected picks, and then with those two picks, you picked up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So it's just like, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm good. I know he's, I know he's difficult to deal with. So I'm hoping, I'm glad that uh, the Knicks organization is kind of just keeping. I'm, from what I'm hearing, everybody is like they're keeping this very, very good, and they're not budging with certain things. So it's sounding like they, this is my estimation. I think it's going to be till September first or the first week of September that they're finally going to be on the move because Patrick Beverly and everybody that got traded can't be traded until two months after. So I think there's going to be like a three team trade probably with the Lakers and mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell will end up being a Nick and Russell Westbrook will probably be in the jazz and they'll buy him out or something. I hope that comes true, man, because I think we need another superstar here. We, we need to attract the a top three. Randall needs to leave. I think the yeah. fan base is tired of him. I never wanted yeah. this guy here. Yeah. I was fine with him when he when he made until that that playoff last year against the Hawks and once we went out in the first yeah. round and he disappeared I was like this guy isn't a franchise player. <laughs> I was at that I was at one of the games actually. Uh, I took my dad to his first Knicks game. I've been to many, but like I never he's never gone. So his first one was a playoff game. It was this game two, I believe. Oh, so you're hearing like the F Trey Young chance early oh, yeah. on? Oh man. And I remember there was this dunk that Obi did and everybody like it. You rubbed it. And I was like, yo, this is insane. But I will say this. I, I do like Julius Randle. Um, I'm a fan. Uh, I think he's still the best player on the Knicks, regardless of what anybody says. The problem is the headspace. I think that he lets everything else get to him. And I feel like if he just shut that off, he would be so much better because there's a lot of talent there. And he's physically like... He looks like LeBron. I'm talking like he's huge. Physique-wise, yeah. Yeah, and he could bully people into, like, all that type of thing. I feel like it's the whole mental space, and that takes a lot for people. So I think the fans hate him now. Oh, yeah, well, he's on my shit list. Okay. (laughs) I hear it, man. (laughs) From him pushing Fournier. I don't know if you've probably seen the clips. I remember that. Obi Toppin's on the ground, ground and and he just walks away. Then how about the game where he's putting up all these points? I think he was up to like 30 points having the best game of the season. And And then, then, well, not just that. Oh, that's a whole other story. But how (laughs) the fact, the fact that he throw, he gets himself thrown out of the Suns game. 
Oh, yes. Remember that? Yes, yes. And, yes, and then I the do. Suns come back and win the game with a buzzer yeah. beater. Yeah, I do remember that. Like, bro, it's that's what I'm saying. That is that is, I don't know what it is. It's like his ego where it's like and his pride gets in the way of so much stuff. And it's like, come on, bro, we don't need that right now. You you're you're talented and you can actually help this team just get this out of the way. And this exactly. is why I like this is why I like Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson is gonna be very, very dope. He's always every time I see him play, he just seems like that dude that's just under control. He doesn't look like he's freaking out. He doesn't look like he's trying to do too much. He's just under control. And I think the Knicks need that type of point guard because he's not the superstar that's going to be trying to, you know, do too much. Be flashy or take yeah. all the spotlight like Kyrie Irving and cause all kinds of drama. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I guess KD's back. I mean, it, it, and then two weeks later, watch, he's going to be wanting to request a trade again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, because they didn't change nothing for him. They kept the same coach and same general manager. <laughs> The owner was was just saying how, oh, yeah, we're going to stick with our management over our superstar player. We're, yeah, right. We want to keep Steve Nash, who's an experienced coach, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah, I hear it, man. I'm, I, I, whatever happens with the Nets happens. I love Kyrie and I love KD, but I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. So at the end of the day, we good off of them. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, Knicks fan, you know, I, I admitted on, on one of my other shows that I'm taking a, a step back from this year just for my health and my well-being. <laughs> because I hear I just it, man. I hear it. I, I just can't take it anymore. You know, every year with the draft, you just don't, I just don't understand what they're doing when it comes to building it because there'll be years they get players like R.J. Barrett in a top and then you'll get – a draft like we had this year, trading down constantly, and yeah. you know, the, and and I can't stand Tom Thibodeau. I think he's an overrated coach. I don't like that he doesn't play the kids. He values the veterans over the youth. And hearing these reports, how he would rather keep Grimes over R.J. Barrett, I really don't understand that. Yeah, I think as well because I I watch every single Knicks game, whether I'm in the studio or whether like, I'm the same uh, way, and I'm yeah. taking a break. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> so from what I've seen. I do – I think Mark Berman was try, kind of exaggerating with what he said. And I was watching a podcast that I watch all the time called Knicks Fan TV, and he was pretty much mentioning – because Mark Berman was on, and he was mentioning that he said, everybody blew that out of proportion. That's not what I meant. The Tom Thibodeau doesn't – this is that. It's, and then he explained it. but And I've heard Tom Thibodeau talk about RJ like very, very, very highly. It's just – and they said pretty much he, what they ended up saying was he actually wants to pair RJ with, he thinks pairing RJ with Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson would be great. And uh, Quentin Grimes would be a great piece to come off of the bench. But they don't know what's going to be the final team of what they have. They don't know anything like that. And this is going to be the first year that Tibbs would have no other choice but to play the kids because there's only three vets on this team. Exactly. Randall Fournier, right? And and Randall. Randall. Oh, Rose Randall. Rose, Rose Randall. Rose. Yeah. Rose Randall and Fournier. That's it. Everybody else is young. Exactly. Gibson's gone. Don't we we don't have to Gibson's see him. Thank gone. God Alec Burks isn't gonna be coming in anymore. They they misused that man so much. Man. They did. Oh my god. <laughs> Running point? Like why? You would come on, bro. Like I good luck to them, man. But I'm I'm just excited for this season. I get to see people grow and we get Donovan Mitchell one of the 
something's gonna happen. Yeah, I think something should happen here. Let's let's give us something to root for for once out of yeah, our right. twenty years. We have the first point guard since Clyde Frazier really to run this team, and we're not gonna be comparing them to that level, but yeah, yeah, first yeah. decent point guard. You were playing mm-hmm. baseball when you were younger, the age of twelve. I was reading online, hearing about. Yeah. Are you in the baseball major league MLB? Okay, so I don't watch as much baseball as I used to, um, but I was a I was a third base third baseman that trans transferred to a second baseman, and it was my life that that was everything I was doing. I was doing it very competitively. I stopped playing once I got to college just because I got hurt, and I was like, uh, you know what? If I didn't have that itch to just be back. Mm-hmm. And I was always doing like music stuff on the side, just like little by little or like doing poetry, trying to impress my girlfriend or something. And like it got to the point that uh, I guess my love wasn't the same for it. But when it comes to uh, watching it, um, I'm a I'm a big Dodgers fan. Um, I, I was one of those people that grew up to be a Yankees hater. I know it sounds crazy from new york and stuff no, i'm a mets fan don't don't that, yeah. I, I wear my mets gear so much i just switched it up tonight and it's <laughs> ironic since the subway series is going on right yeah now, but, right yeah so i should wear my dodger hat <laughs> i grew up a dodger fan uh because i was a big fan of uh alex rodriguez and manny ramirez once manny ramirez got traded to the dodgers i just fell in love with that team i knew everybody like on that team but it was like rafael for call or like uh Matt Kemp or Andre Ethier and all that type of stuff. Like I was just like a fan of that team. I, I, I was excited. So I was very happy to see that we finally got one chip. <laughs> it was the it was the during COVID. And uh I was Mookie happy. Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts is that man. Like I, I he's he's great. And now we got a uh, Freeman over there. I know that. Freddie Freeman took him yeah. from the Braves. Yep. I felt bad for him. I heard I heard about that story. What happened with that? Yeah, the whole contract, and yeah. he, he really, he, we wanted to stay there, but things didn't get done. That's why they always call it a business when it comes to sports. You can't always stay in a relationship and fall in love with your players because they could be gone tomorrow. Exactly. But, you know, I'm happy I got to see uh, out of the three sports, football, basketball, and baseball, I got to see two of my favorite teams win something. So I seen the Dodgers win, excuse me, and I seen the Ravens win. Oh, you're football. Okay, so you're you also a football guy, Raven. So you yeah. saw Ray Lewis and Joe Flacco win back in 2013 against the Niners. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: right after that, I spent one more season watching football, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I think I had my time after that. I was very, very happy. I was a. It's gonna be a little controversial, but I was. Uh, I was a very big Ray Rice fan. Uh, at the time, and um, Ray Lewis. And you know, that, that was just like my team. I, I really, really, really enjoyed watching. They had a special team. team. They definitely did. My cousin, my older cousin, was he's a big Ravens fan. He's the one that put me onto it. So I grew up just being a fanatic, and I was just happy I got to see that. So now I just got to see the Knicks eh, try to get some. Yeah, I, I think we'll be maybe we'll be eighty when that happens. But word, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, here, man. hopefully not. Yeah, no, you're lucky. At least you've seen your two teams win. I like the Jets and Mets, on the other hand. And, you know, oh, man, you almost got it with the Mets, though. Yeah, you I know. Almost, you almost <laughs> had it. That was, that was very close to happening. And you know what? You might get it this year because they're killing it right now. They're nasty. No, they're, the Mets are nasty this year. They just got to yeah. pull it. They got, I don't know what's going on here with the, with the Yankee series and then the losing to the Braves the other day. That those 
three out of the four games. I wasn't liking that too much, but maybe this is yeah. their year. You, you know Cohen's going to be throwing the bag at some of these players. That's you know. the best. That's yeah. the best type of person. To have. That's who the Yankees used to have. Like, exactly. That, he didn't care. It was just like, I got the money. We're going to get him. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's the best type. That's why that I feel so good about the Mets next coming years because when you have a when you have a manager like that or whatever he is like what when you have somebody owner, like that yeah. yeah owner he just he takes over and he really would do whatever it takes for the team to win that's that's the great the like the great people to have around you that's what you need. But you've been to over 40 movies. I want to close out the the gap here with the movie yeah. situation here. What, what what's your type, favorite type of movie? My favorite type of movie. I don't even think I have a favorite type of movie anymore. I'm not gonna lie to you. Every because like I'll tell you right now, like literally from my top five of this year is this movie called uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth Number One. It's a movie that I saw during Sundance, and okay. it's uh it's actually on Apple TV. Uh, the Apple TV subscription. Man, you're really in the movies. You're watching these Sundance Festival movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man. I'm 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 telling you, I watch an unhealthy amount of movies. <laughs> Okay, so we got Cha Cha Real Smooth number one. Uh, we got Batman number two. I saw Batman three times in theaters, bro. Wow. Uh, Top Gun number three. Everything Elsewhere All at Once number four, and The Northman number five. So it might change. I'm not really the biggest fan of this year, honestly. I think the movies kind of suck. Uh, but because we're still getting a little pandemic movies, and I I don't I don't like those type of things. I think next year is going to be a very dope year because it skips years every single time of like what's going to be really, really crazy. So I'm, I'm excited to see how next year is about to be for sure. What are your top five movies of all time? Uh, here we go. Um, he's got see. this list. Oh, he's prepared. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. Um, I'll give you four. No Order, Wolf of Wall Street, Whiplash. Gone Girl, Django Unchained. And you know what? I'll put a I'll put a fifth. Uh Ratatouille. Ratatouille? Yeah, I'm like a big Disney fan as well. So like that was like uh that's something uh I think Pixar has like the I think they're like the holy grail of animation. And yeah, they shoot great from the field. So like yeah, I'm I'm a big Pixar fan as well. Yeah, I don't know if I could think of a top five for movies. That's that's I'm a big movie head too. Yeah. All I know is that if I were to put two movies in my top five, I don't know what the the other three would be, but my yeah. top two would have to be Jaws and Godfather. I think those. Okay, are... yo, I've never seen Jaws before. Really? You're, no, I've you gotta watch Jaws. that. You They're gotta... gonna give it an IMAX. Uh, yeah, I saw they're re-releasing soon. an IMAX yeah. this September. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I never seen ET either. Wow. And, no, um, you're missing some big heavy hitters. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like, uh, my my guys, uh. I don't know if you know it's the real it's real. yeah um, i've heard of them okay so these two brothers eric and jeff um jeff is a very very big movie guy as well and i text him every single day and it'll be like text of like gonna go see et at this time you coming or like that type of thing or like oh i saw this like we're just literally if you look at our whole entire text we're not talking about music once it's literally just about <laughs> movies and they just saw et and i never seen et either so I got to watch like these movies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Godfather's really good though. Yeah, no, that's a classic. That, that's why that, that's only like the top two movies for me because, you know, Godfather was such a smash hit at the time and Jaws was like the first blockbuster ever to really yeah. break records and push the limit in the movie industry until mm-hmm. Star Wars came along. 
So question, do you think I would appreciate Jaws in 2022? Mm. It's tough because you know why? You have all those hecklers and naysayers out there. Oh, the yeah. shark is fake. It's a, But when you think about like the technology, they didn't yeah. have the siege. And, and I think Jaws today would be a nightmare because yeah. you'd have some stupid CGI shark like Sharknado. And we don't need that oh, crap. Sure. I'd take yeah. a mechanical shark any day over some computerized crap that looks fake. Yeah, so I think I think it depends on the on the type of movie goer that you are. Like I'm the type of person that appreciates black and white films. I mean, okay, when you look cool. back at like To Kill a Mockingbird or even yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock flicks. Yeah, like, if you're someone that really appreciates the old classic cinema, I think you would appreciate Jaws. So you know what? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it when they when they when they put it in IMAX and stuff because that's like. It's like one of those movies all the time that people are like, you haven't seen Jaws? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen E.T.? Maybe it's something against Steven Spielberg. I don't know what it is. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to catch those moments and probably watch it with my pops because he's seen all these movies already. I just took him to see Nope. Uh, I saw that one twice, M. too. M. Night Shyamalan. No, uh, no, oh, wait, no nope. that's actually uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah. It's funny that you say M. Night Shyamalan because yeah. they compare him a lot to like they do. Two. And I think yeah. M. Night Shyamalan is working on a film. I think I read it in like the same article. I think that's yeah. why I got it flipped up. But no, I, yeah, I heard that there's actually Jaws references in in Nope. I think someone's wearing yes. a Jaws T-shirt. Uh, I can't remember that, but it's definitely very. I haven't seen Jaws yet, but what they are comparing it to is just pretty much the what the shark is is what this alien is mm. and. I won't go too in depth with it because I don't really want to like it, bro. I'm telling you, like I have like I had to watch it twice with notes and everything just so I could clear <laughs> my whole thoughts. And I know exactly what they did with the film, but it's just like it just wasn't all the way there for me, I can say. And my dad thinks it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. So and I think he's crazy because I've definitely seen I'm like, you haven't if this is what you think is the worst movie you've ever seen. I like you're not even compared like you're not ready to see the movies I've seen I saw like 90 movies last year so like I've seen some very 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 bad ones did you see the new scream yeah I actually really liked it yeah and the scream movie was that was actually my first scream movie I've ever seen same yeah I I wanted to see four when I was younger but you know yeah I didn't get a chance to, but yeah. this was actually a decent, especially when Wes Craven passing away mm-hmm. and he didn't get to be behind the camera for this one. It was definitely yeah. interesting because I didn't think it was going to pan out because he's not with us. For sure. And like I watched it and I'm having a good time. I thought this was going to be like trash. And then like I literally <laughs> went to go watch all the other screen movies after that. And I'm like, oh, okay so there's an order of like which is really good and what's not and then i realized that this one is a lot like the first one and then i was like okay but i appreciated this one so much more because this is the first one i see and if it's like the first one then it's like oh okay i see what it is but yeah i I had a good time with it i thought it was actually surprised it was it exceeded my expectations i guess Back to the music and your parents. Your parents originally didn't want you to be a hip-hop artist just because of the surrounding environment. How are they supportive of your career now, seeing that you've been appreciated by some legends in the game and you've gotten traction of your own? Um, Yeah, they're super supportive, honestly. Like, uh, my father is the crazy... I I get this from my dad, I guess. He's like the go-getter, like the crazy, uh, you-can-do-anything type of mindset. And my mother is she she believes a lot of that as well but she's a lot more reserved than he is 
and I could see why I take on from my father a lot of the times. But um, it was mainly just because of the environment that we was living in at the time, because we were uh, living in uh, the Dykeman Inwood area. Uh, and, you know, there was they just grew up in a they grew up in Washington Heights in a, in, in a time that was just very, very dangerous. So I could see what was so different and all that. But um, my uncles were the one to just put us to the side and do all the things we weren't allowed to do. Like my mom wasn't playing hip hop in the house. She was playing Sade. She was playing like uh, Stevie Wonder. She would be playing like Seal. And I guess that's why I have such an appreciation for Stevie Wonder and Sade now. But like uh, my uncles were the ones playing Biggie. They were playing Jay-Z. They're playing all this stuff. And then on my own, like I'll go listen to like uh, Fabulous, Ludacris, Bow Wow and all that type of stuff. And then as I got older, I think the first project I've ever listened to myself was Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. And Classic. I was like, yo, this is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and, but like um, my father and my mother, they're, one, they're like way more supportive now. Um, my father actually helps me out a lot with my career. Um, as along with my mother as well. My mom was actually the one helping me shoot some of the quarantine flows videos at the time. Wow. Um, yeah, she would even give me ideas and stuff. And she would, you know, she would put a lot of effort into it. And, you know, it, it it's it's been a, a real cool thing because I'm somebody, I know a lot of people are not like this, but thank God I am. But if I have a vision towards something that I want to do, or if I feel like I know that I'm great and I don't I don't think anybody could ever tell me different that I'm not or if I believe that I can do something nobody could tell me that I can't I've always been that person and you know once there's so many people telling you you can't or they don't want you to at the end of the day it's my life and what was going to happen is that people are either going to have to respect it or, or separate themselves from you. So, but my passion, there's a reason why that passion is there. There's a reason why I'm still doing what I'm doing. And God has allowed me to be able to just continuously do these things that I'm just so passionate about and it hasn't gone away. So, you know, I think, I think it's just an understanding, of, like a universal understanding for within everybody who's in my a close circle or my family or friends or anything like that they just all understand who I am and what I'm capable of doing and how how, like what am I willing to give up or 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 you know gain from from these aspirations that I have and all that so yeah yeah never give up man keep going and I like that mindset that you have I share the same aspects of that with you as well It, it is what it is you know we're we're coming, we're taking over, and that's it. <laughs> 100%, man, 100%. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to hear that you like that as well because it's just like you're pretty much just off of that, like I already know you're somebody that's just like, by, I'm going to get it done by any means. Like people be having excuses. People have all this type of stuff. It's just like, no, nah, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to get it done. And, you know, I, I have such respect for that. So, yeah, man, shout out to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. You know how many times I've been told no, or you couldn't do this, and people didn't believe in you. But when yeah. you believe in yourself, that's all you need because that's it. You know, one hundred percent, man. I agree. I agree one hundred percent wholeheartedly. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna take us a long way. It's taking you a long way. Everything is everything. Tell me your definition of this. 
I feel like there's something special behind it. Yeah. Um, that was the project that I finally understood who Iman was, who, what I'm capable of doing, and letting unapolog- unapologetically delivering the way that I feel like it needed to be done. So everything was everything really just came from it is what it is and take it or leave it. This is what it's going to be. And that's really the mindset that I went with it. And I feel like it's my best project that's released. Um, I don't really count projects like uh, phases. Phases is more like, it's funny because some people do try to Something count phases. Just extra. Yeah, it's like exactly something you would throw up on Datpiff if you're yeah. like a big time artist. Yeah, like for example, like some people try to use it a part of my catalog, but the thing is, it's just like that was a series that I put for Instagram and YouTube and stuff, just weekly freestyles. I just extended them by putting my friends on features. So like that's just really how I saw it. But it's not a body of work that I'm gonna be like, oh, we got to be continued, blessed, everything is everything, and now Rosedale. Like that's not how. That's not how I see it as. I see it as these are my, these are the ones that I'm really, really taking my time with and making sure that I deliver it a certain way. So everything is everything was like, that was the one that I was like, nah, like I'm I'm really him. Like that, that's that understanding of that. So I, I was super, super happy to put that out. And when we did that Knitting Factory show, that was actually uh, everything is everything release show. And because at the time I had a I had a partnership with uh, the Orchard Sony, and that was my first project that we dropped. And I had the idea I was like, "Yo, we if we sold out SOBs, let's take this to Brooklyn, because being from Yonkers, Brooklyn's like a third world, like you, like it's like so far into people's heads. Meanwhile, it's only like thirty minutes away. But like, so people don't want to travel to Brooklyn." So especially thinking that you're about to just do a whole show with music that I never heard before. I did, I performed the entire Everything is Everything with the features. I had, I brought them all out except Styles and Chic. That's the only one I didn't bring out. Um, but I had a band playing and people were hearing these songs for the first time and we actually sold it out. And the plan was for it to come out at midnight right after the show was done. But uh, they kind of messed with my release up a little bit and it came out in a couple of days, but it just shows that it was just like people were also believing in something, I guess, believing in the brand itself then because they never even heard the music before and they were willing to come out to Brooklyn and really do something special like that. You mentioned your partnership with, with Sony before. Yeah. Are, you're not with them anymore? No. I'm no with, yeah, because I've been I'm, seeing on the, because when you look at the bottom of what you release on Apple Music, it only says only one. Only Iman. one Iman. Yeah. So um, right now I'm currently partnered with EQ Distribution, which is uh, Rock Nation's distribution. And, Congrats on uh, that. Appreciate it. And pretty much every time I release, I just put uh, at only one Iman LOC. That's my, <laughs> you know, that's how I like it because I'm pretty, I'm still independent. Like I'm 100%. Yeah, I'm 100% independent. I own everything and everything like that. But now we just have a distribution through Rock Nation. That's pretty much it. 
tell me about this upcoming project that you're working on, debut album, whatever you want to call it, especially the Rosedale <laughs> campaign that you're on. Yeah. Because I know when you approach a project, you like to be by yourself, but mainly just release tons of songs, just make tons of them, and then you pick, you narrow it down from there. So tell me your approach to this upcoming project and what we can expect from it. Um, so with this project, uh, Rosedale, I wanted to drop it a different way. I wanted to kind of like adapt it with what I learned from phases and quarantine flows. So I I know that people digest music very differently now. It's unfortunate, but I understand. And I'm also a believer, or maybe I was formed to believe this, but when you're when you're an emerging artist and you're not somebody who's doing crazy astronomical numbers, you shouldn't really be dropping projects. You should be dropping songs so people can start seeing the consistency and growing with you as a person to the point that there's a demand. Now, my logic behind this was, okay, I did all the songs for Rosedale already. Let me just drop them one by one. At first, we were doing it every two weeks. Then we were like, well, you know what? Let's just do every month. Or like, because I just started, I'm, just, I'm still adjusting as I go just to see what works best. I only dropped three songs so far for Rosedale. And um, we did Tired, which was first. And this is the order of the track list as well. So Tired was first. And that was the intro of Rosedale. And I was so, so, so proud of that record. Because like, it's just something that I've been wanting to make an intro like that for maybe three years, four years. I, like that's like I've been chasing that sound. And to a lot of people, I know it may not be that big of a deal. But to me, it was just like, I finally did something that I've been trying to do for so long. And then I wanted it to be slow. I wanted it to be that that feeling of just like, just understand and listen to what I'm saying. That was important to me. And then minimum wage was next. And I did that because I just wanted to smack people in the face right after giving them something slow. And then Northeast came right after. And um Everything happens for a reason because Styles was actually supposed to be on Northeast. Oh wow! And yeah, I might do a remix with him. Maybe we're gonna see. He still wants to do it though. We talked about <laughs> it, stuff like that. Um, he's just been busy with his project and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Northeast deserves a remix. It would be it would be super dope to get that. And especially having uh, Steph Cakes on it, too, that was something special because, you know, I wanted it to be something that it was just like Yonkers. It was us, like us against everybody type of thing. So that was like really my vision behind it. And it was going to be me, Steph and, and Styles and just have that moment, which was super dope. But I'm so happy we it, it turned out the way that it did because that second half of Northeast wouldn't even have been there if I didn't do it this way. Yeah. And that second half is like my favorite thing because I'm literally just barring out for like two, like two minutes. And it was just like, that's like my favorite thing in the world right now. Absolutely. When can we expect this upcoming project? You think, do you have like a release date in mind or just um, not even an exact date, but like a time period? Maybe November. Okay. Maybe. Um, because I'm still going to drop the rest of the songs. So the way that I'm going to do this is every song is going to come out on its own. And then I'm going to just put it all together. Okay. Once, That's once creative. It's That's different. Yeah. I wanted to do something different like that because each song will get its moment that people can pay attention to and people can enjoy. And then right after that, 
you know, I'll just put it together so people don't have to go looking for singles and stuff like that. You just got a whole concise project right there for you. And I think that's the way I'm going to start releasing projects going forward because uh, just off of seeing what I've done with these three songs, it's the biggest numbers I've ever had on YouTube. Like, I've never seen that before. I just, uh, today, minimum wage got to like 92,000 views or something oh, like that. Congrats on that. I appreciate that. So it's just like, I'm seeing that this is working. And it's something that like, I look at it like this. There's 12 songs. Let's say there's 12 songs for Rosedale. And I dropped all 12 right now. Some people are going to be listening to it for the next couple of months. But in all reality, what's really going to happen is after two weeks, people are going to move on to the next thing. Especially with me not being a, like a, 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 a very known universal artist, right? So if I did those 12 songs and I gave it to you one by one with a video and content behind it that we really worked hard on, for some reason, people's perception on things is going to be like, oh, you working because of the consistency. Pretty much, I gave you the same amount of songs. You just, I just delivered it different to you guys because you were going to pay more attention to it like this instead of listening to a project because you may not trust me as an artist just yet. So I was just like retooling things as you continuously go and understanding things. I actually learned a lot from Rush. Just seeing how Russ is doing things and stuff like that. People can say whatever they want about Russ. Yeah, no, there's some big Russ haters out there. But yeah. I feel as though he's been getting more appreciative in the past couple of years as of late. For I've noticed sure. that he's a complete turnaround. Yeah. I was actually backstage at his show recently in uh in Boston. We went out there and um I I, I got really cool with his team. And uh everybody was super, super dope. And I just grew I already have appreciated Russ so much, but I I understand it on another level now of like, wow, like you're really every, and this is why it's so refreshing to see people like that because he's literally doing everything that he says he was going to do. The last person I seen do that was Kanye West. No matter what anybody says about Kanye, he, he anything he said, he does it. Whether it's years later or whether it's, he literally said, I'm going to be owning something with Gap one of these days. He said that like 10 years ago. He said, I'm going to build churches. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like, he's done every single, he said, I'm going to change the fashion world. Everybody, do you think he's going to win presidency? He ran for it. But I don't know if he's going to win. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But like, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, I appreciate things like that because it's like, wow. So why, if there's examples out there that, tell, that show you that people are men of their word and they're really willing to put in the work and do it and have the faith and belief that things can happen and having their faith in God to make sure that things is just like whatever is written is already written for you. You just got to be able to like walk those chapters and understand things as you go. The problem is that a lot of people get discouraged and they want things right away instead of just going. We're human. I get discouraged sometimes. I literally get impatient sometimes. But it's just about understanding like, yo, this takes time. This is going to be something. You just got to trust the process and believe in what you're doing. And Russ is somebody who's a perfect example of that right now. And I, it's it's incredible. You can see somebody like Andrew Schultz. Like he's... I've seen Andrew Schultz, um, and for those that don't know, he's a comedian, but like 
I've seen Andrew Schultz from all the way from like when he used to be on MTV to now I bought his special recently just because I'm such a, like, I'm so happy to see what he's doing. And like, I, he, he shouted out Russ too. Cause he said the consistency, I saw Russ do it. I'm like, why can't I do this with comedy? It's like, why can't you give people something every month? Why can't, why can't, like, you should be doing that. You should be dropping content every single day, whether it's on YouTube, uh, YouTube shorts, TikTok, or Instagram. I'm not a big Twitter user just because I feel like Twitter is very, very a lot. So I use Twitter for like personal things with like friends and stuff, but I don't use it for music. I, I know it would help so much more. It's just my, I don't think I can handle it. That's the thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, there's so many things that people can be doing. And it's just like, I, like, I think a lot of times fear in, like gets into, gets into us and it just takes over. And then we just start making excuses and start it's the fear of the unknown people love security and you know i've i've been comfortable in, in very in many situations in my life my parents made sure that i'm i, I i'm so like i'm so comfortable in being uncomfortable now like i Those love important it important words right there yeah man i love it so that's just the way that i think and that's the mentality of how i think things should be with people iman nunez Anything else you want to touch on before we check out of here? Because I think we covered everything and yeah, more. Yeah, I think so, man. I had a great time. Um, I appreciate it. So what do I got? Next song is going to be coming out either next week or two weeks from now. It's a song called Pieces with my homegirl, uh, Annalisa Zadie. And she's an amazing, amazing singer. And she's, she's somebody else I believe in fully. She's going to be a superstar one day as well. And yeah, she, the record is crazy. If if I had the budget for it, it would definitely be on Z100 or something like that. <laughs> like, but it sounds like one of those pop. Like, uh, it's I'll let the record just come out. But yeah, it's a great record, and I'm super excited of it. And then the next record is gonna come out is an R&B record called Time with my other homegirl Janelle Mack, who is on Tired as well. So yeah, I'm just I'm just I love putting out music. I love just doing things that I usually like I love exploring sounds and just expanding on things and just finding new ways to just grow as much as possible so I'm just excited to just put some music out but I think that's pretty much it we're planning a show soon and um definitely gotta see you out there man for sure yeah my shows are very fun and they get crazy absolutely man i'll have to come out you know it's yeah, what you're doing for hip-hop i appreciate it especially keeping the lyrics and the bars alive and, and taking your own journey in this i know it's it's a rough yeah. path for mcs unfortunately nowadays sure. but you know you, you get your own praise and do but you know hopefully the mainstream picks back up again for you guys because you deserve it you're the real representation of hip-hop so i appreciate that man and you know I'm, I'm also excited to you know i've been blessed to be able to be with some legends you get what i'm saying like even being somebody who is fathered into d block i guess you could say or something like that like those are things i didn't see i didn't think that that could be a thing and all i was myself i'm not them i'm not a uh, somebody who likes to be on the street and all this type of stuff i'm not this person i'm just a person who loves to rap and be myself so that could just take you a long way really so and i'm just blessed to be able to have those guys on my corner and just really you know, that they love and support me and their hip hop, curious hip hop legends and this thing. And um, 
yeah, I'm just excited to see what's the next step, what's going to be the thing. I'm just going to keep putting out music, keep putting out content, keep putting out as much as I can do and just start getting on these shows again, man. I'm excited. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to it, man. Iman, thank you for coming on the show here tonight. I appreciate uh, thank it. You. Thank you for having me. For yeah, it, was, man. it was great. It was a refreshing interview, actually. <laughs> you you did a lot of research on that, and I appreciate that because a lot of people ask me the same questions. I understand why, but like, I appreciate like interviews like this. It's dope. I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. They can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, all the platforms at Only One Iman. Yes, sir. Exactly what you said. You already know, man. I want you to enjoy the rest of your night. Take care and stay safe. I'm looking forward to this upcoming project and the next two singles that you got. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. You too, man. Take care. Stay safe. See you later, man. See you, man. Peace. Peace out.